Hello and welcome to the Gagan Press, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we'll be talking about all things Liverpool, going through the latest transfer news and, of course, reacting to the Community Shield loss this weekend. Uh, my name is Andrew Headspeeth and joining me today is the topest of top reds, it's Mr Alex Purdy. How are you, Purds? Um, I am looking forward to the new season because I'm not enjoying all this chat pre-season. Um sort of get me down you know yeah is it just is it the uh is it the devastating lack of trophies so far or lack of it's signings not, what is it i mean we're not at our best again and we weren't last pre-season and you know the the liverpool twitter is just losing their minds again i'm not enjoying it so i just want to get started really you're just done with it it's, it's been such a long pre-season of course hasn't of it course, so, you know, of course of course yeah uh, okay, so uh, first up, uh, we're going to talk about the, the Community Shield, uh, but before we get into that, um, remember if you have any questions to ask us, please do so on uh, Twitter. I'm at Andy underscore Headspeeth, and we have at Alex Purdy 21 and we'll be sure to answer those uh, next week if you get those in to us. Uh, before we get on to the Community Shield, though, Perds, I just want to bring up the big signing this week, which is, of course, uh, my new microphone. I think you can all hear the difference in that, and I think it's it's going to be make a huge difference to, to Liverpool season in general. It is. I mean, I'm already in a better mood by listening to your voice in such a crisp <laughs> fashion, and I'm sure the listeners are as well. I think that's what everyone Liverpool Twitter is crying out for this as mm, well. So I saw I a that's... lot of comments. Yeah. Uh, anyway, though, so... Um, from one de- from one huge high of that to the to the massive low that was the community shield uh, obviously it was a draw after 90 minutes but uh liverpool did lose on penalties it's weird seeing liverpool lose on penalties actually that's sort of i can't remember the last time that actually happened i, I can tell you it was the exact same score as the last community shield oh yeah of course it was yeah <laughs> yeah yeah getting a bit of a habit um yeah, so if Rian Brewster puts his penalty a couple of centimetres lower, we might have had a different outcome. But as it is, um, yeah, Liverpool lost that. How bothered are you that we don't have another piece of silverware, if you want to call it that, another trophy to add to the cabinet? Um, let's say I'm a, I'm a five out of ten. You know, during the game, I was, you know, desperate to win it. And then ten minutes after... I switched it off as soon as the whistle went. I didn't watch any of the post-match stuff. Couldn't be asked. I was like, well, it just doesn't matter, does it? Like, we lost it last year. Exact same scoreline. Went on to break numerous records and win the Premier League. So, not that bothered. In, yeah. Are you quite are you quite ready, though, to have a game that does matter? Because it seems like for about the last, like, 15 Liverpool games, <laughs> they've all just not mattered for one reason or another. Because, you know, the title's already been wrapped up. Or it's this game, which doesn't matter. Or, or whatever happens. So... For me, it would just be quite nice to have a game that, that does actually officially matter or count for something again. So for that reason, at least, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to the new season. But exactly. I agree with you that it was a, it would have been a nice to have, but you know, as soon as you don't win it, it just becomes another, it becomes another pre-season friendly. We just, we just didn't look up for it, like some of the games post-lockdown in the Prem. We just didn't look up for it. And like, I'm, I'm okay with it. I understand. We just went through, you know, two seasons of, smashing every trophy like we're going to be off the ball a bit when we don't need to be 100% and I fully back the boys to be you know at 100% when the Prem comes back so I don't understand the meltdown that's that's coming already 
Yeah, I mean, me neither. But I mean, we could we could talk about that sort of forever, really. The uh, <laughs> yeah. the complexities of, of Liverpool Twitter. Uh, why? I mean, you said you were five out of ten about the game. I think some of the players looked like they were five out of ten about the game as well. To be honest, uh, why weren't we uh, at our scintillating best in that game? Do you think it was just a case of it still being essentially pre-season, people are getting back to fitness? Or was there something else happening there? Maybe the loss of uh, of Henderson and uh, and Trent Alexander Arnold as well. What what do you put it down to? Um, yeah, we did we did miss those two hugely. But you know our squad should be able to deal with with beating Arsenal and basically just playing better than we did. Um, I don't know what it was. I I just think we're looking we're looking ahead to bigger and better things already. Um, maybe we're just not. We're not focused on those, you know, Mickey Mouse trophies. We're looking higher up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing that annoys me is it's the second Arsenal game in the row where it feels like we've been sucker punched a little bit. And you can say that neither game has mattered, but it is a sort of, there is a something there that Arsenal are obviously an improving side. And for one reason or another, I think in both games, you would say that Liverpool probably had the better of it, but for some reason just didn't manage to, to, to put the chances away. Yeah, I, um, think, I think it comes down to our midfield choice and by no means am I going to blame Wijnaldum like everyone else did but having <laughs> you sure both... you sure you don't want to join that I, bandwagon? I, I really really don't um but having Wijnaldum and Milner in there is probably not the best option uh especially when this Arsenal side is in such good form at the moment you do need a creative spark in there so maybe the lineup was a you know was a problem maybe that's what I fell down to yeah, maybe. I personally think it was more just a. I think it's more of a case that just you see the way that Arsenal was so was so keen uh, to win that game, and for Liverpool, it really did. It really did look like it was very much just a like a sort of one of those international Champions Cup kind of preseason games. Um, until maybe the last ten minutes, when they thought, okay, well, we probably should try and get a goal here. Yeah, personally, I was quite. I was, I was sorry. I was just going to say, our you know our front line was was quiet as well. Um, and you know, I thought Salah was a lot less uh, selfish, and you could see that from the goal. Like, yeah, he, the fin- goal was he finally gets the ball, uh, creates a bit of space, and you know, ends up in the back of the net. Like, if we, yeah. we were just quiet on the day, but we, we've still got it when we need it, and we needed a goal, and del- he, he turned up with it. I was delighted for Minamino as well to get his first goal as well on that occasion, and and I think he sort of that was probably his best performance in a Liverpool shirt. Oh, I think. by far, yeah. Actually, interesting stat. I think this is true. I saw it on Twitter, so it must be. Well, it must um, be true. Yeah, yeah he, um, he's the first Liverpool player ever to score his first goal for the club at Wembley. Oh, lovely stuff. There you go. Is he? I guess he's the first Japanese player to score for Liverpool as well. I think he's the first yes. player to play for Liverpool. I'm just well, anyway, we're, we're going to claim those facts both <laughs> as true. And uh, we're just going to turn off all Twitter mentions. <laughs> Uh, going back to that point about Salah being uh, quiet and I think you could probably say the same about Mane as well uh, do we need uh, reinforcements um, going on the basis of, of that game is that is that something that would uh, change Was that would that performance have changed your opinion at all uh, no not that performance I don't, I don't know why anyone would you know pick that one performance to say okay now we need to make four signings it's like it's a one-off game we obviously didn't look too up for it. Um, it's not a huge worry. Um, and, you know, trusting Klopp, if he wants to make signings, he literally will. So we needed a backup left back and, and we got one. You know, we didn't piss about with um, 
Lewis from uh, Norwich. We we put in a bid, didn't work, got someone else. Like we needed one, so we got one. If we need reinforcements, we just will get one. Do you think that will happen then? I mean, I'm looking ahead now. We've still got until October, so it's another month and a half of, of transfer gossip. All the talk's been around Thiago. I'm still not entirely convinced that's going to happen. Uh, how many, if you had to guess right now, how many signings do you think will be made now between now and the end of uh, the transfer window? Um, one. Ten? No. <laughs> yeah, and you start on 11. Uh, no, yeah. one, which will be a fourth-choice centre-back. But right. if Wijnaldum ends up, and we'll touch on this soon, but if Wijnaldum ends up going to Barcelona, then I could see a Thiago or someone of the like coming in. So one, one to two, but no one else. Interesting. Yeah, I think I agree with you, and I don't think they're going to be big money signings either, but I think probably the ones that I would go for would be a, uh, another centre-back, fourth-choice centre-back, like you said, and then maybe a versatile player who can play in midfield or attack. Uh, but we'll get into that in a moment. We're going to take a short break now, and then we'll be back to discuss the latest transfer gossip. Okay, so, uh, Purdy, you touched on it just before the break there. Uh, Wijnaldum to Barcelona. This is something that's sort of getting a little bit of traction in the press. I have absolutely no idea how, how true it is. Um, but how would you feel about that? I mean, obviously, he's got the best smile in football, but he's a lovely footballer as well. And uh, if he ended up going to Barcelona this, this summer, I know a lot, it would make a lot of people on Twitter very happy. But uh, how would you feel about it? Um, not... Not great because he has been so good for us the past two seasons, and people seem to forget as soon as he has one of those famous Ghost Naldum performances. Which I hate that phrase, <laughs> um, but you know he he does step up, you know most of the time. He is just such a great player to have in the squad. People don't see it because they want him to be some sort of twenty goal a season man from midfield, which is just ridiculous. Um, so if it does happen we will need to replace because he's so valuable to our squad. Yeah, I think the thing is as well, with the way that Liverpool play and the system they play, there's not going to be any midfielder who is ever going to get 15, 20 goals a season from midfield just because that's not the way that the the system works, you know, mm. not the way that the Klopp system works because, you know, the creativity is coming often from the full-backs or from uh, the front three and the role that the the, the midfield three do is is much more... Uh, transitional and it's about ball retention it's about turnovers and pressing and you're not really you're not really accommodating players who are there to uh, to sort of to to sort of join the attack and and score goals in that in that sense okay great if they if they end up getting a few goals a season that's that's fantastic but it's not their primary function in the way that maybe uh, you might have with somebody like uh, De Bruyne or Coutinho if you're playing in part of that midfield three so I think it would be very difficult to get anybody uh, as part of that midfield who would do that job even if you went out and signed somebody who had uh, more sort of uh, attacking nails. Yeah, and he's one of the best in the world at doing that. At, yeah. at doing that role. So oh, I really don't get the hate that he's getting from our own yeah. fans. Um, but, you know, we do... Again, having Wijnaldum and Milner in there just doesn't work. But having Wijnaldum and someone else more Cater, creative, maybe. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Cater. You know, that's where he flourishes because we've got an amazing balance there. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I feel, I feel exactly the same, to be honest. And if he was to leave, I'd be quite, I'd be sad to see him go because I think he's such a quality player. 
and you see the way that he operates for for the Netherlands as well. He operates in a more attacking role. And he does get he he does chip in with a, quite a few more goals. Um, but I think I mean he's really a uh, a product of the system that that Klopp put, plays him in for Liverpool, and I think it is fantastic. And you see some of those performances that he puts in. Uh, obviously, the Barcelona game was uh, what was it? It was a year and a half ago almost now. But I mean, you only need to look at that as as evidence of of his quality. And uh, he's somebody that has often delivered in big moments for Liverpool. So I think I would be uh, particularly sad to see him go. Yeah, and also but, the the last Champions League game he played, he he opened the scoring. And if it yeah. If it was, you know, the biggest game of the of the season at that point, and if it wasn't yeah. for Adrian, you know, we'd be looking back on that and saying, well, he's a, again a big game player in a big game moment, like, but it didn't go our way. So people, yeah. quick, you know, short memories. It's it's like you say, it's an easy thing for people to to jump on because if you look at his stats and he's not scored fifteen goals and he's got not got ten assists, then people will complain. But it's one of the things I really like about him is that when he gets the ball under pressure in tight spaces, he almost never loses it. And it's just such a sort of underrated quality to have in that in that position. Yeah, and especially, especially great... when we play such a high line. Like, if he's losing the ball and we yeah, yeah. there, like, we're, we're just done. But he doesn't. So no. we're absolutely fine and we win the league and we get 99 points. Um, and he's an integral part to that. But Yeah, I'm just not convinced... I'm not convinced that Thiago would be such an upgrade, really, in when you when you take everything into an account. But uh, we shall see on that. Um, so let's talk finally then about where we see Liverpool in terms of in terms of this transfer window as a whole. Obviously, uh, Chelsea have spent about uh, four billion pounds so far. Uh, we've got Manchester United about to sign Donny Van de Beek from Ajax. Uh, City might actually be getting uh, Lionel Messi, which is, you know, frankly terrifying. Um, actually, on that, and, do you think if they do yeah. get him, is that do you think they're favourites for the league? <sighs> probably because it is it, it is Lionel does, Messi. It does swing yeah. that far, doesn't it? <laughs> it probably does, but oh. I think there's nothing you can do about it. I don't think you can you can you can't think about that in Liverpool terms really, because there's not an equivalent signing that Liverpool can make. Anyone can make. No, so you've just got to look at your own starting eleven and see if you're happy with it, or and your own sort of 25, uh, 25 man squad and see if you're happy with it, and then, and you can't really sort of get. And this is this is a wider point as well. You can't be focused on what Chelsea are doing or what you know, uh, Tottenham or City or United are doing. You have to be happy with your squad and and trust in it because that is a squad that that got uh, ninety nine points last season, won the Champions League the season before that, and has basically not lost at home in in about three years. Uh, so I mean, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with Liverpool squad really in in essence, and it's just about uh, making sure that uh, we have all the you know as much depth and quality that we have available to us without getting too worried about what everyone else is doing and get drawn into this sort of self defeating arms race. Yeah, it's just it is slightly annoying seeing everyone else around us strengthen, but then our squad is good enough. But my only worry is. You know, the players will come back and they look around the dressing room and it's like, oh, well, it's all the same. We're just going to, like, are we ready to go again? Like, do they need a new fresh face to be like, oh, right, so we are going again. Like, Thiago's there. Like, okay, this is serious business now. Or are they going to look around and see the same faces and be like, same again. Okay, here we go. I'm just not sure. Yeah, that is an interesting one because you have, it's sort of a double-edged sword really because on the one hand you, you have this familiarity and that breeds like these these awesome relationships that you have within the dressing room and, and this comfort and understanding that all the players have with each other. 
but I guess at the same time, and I think I heard, I think it was Jamie Carrigan and Gary Neville talking about this as well, but uh, particularly when you're you're winning as a player, you want to uh, to make sure that you're sort of all kept on your toes and that, you know, you're having fresh blood added in to, to keep that to keep that quality high and to keep that desire high as well. Um, it's just for, for me in this position, I don't really see where you would add somebody that would add who is available for the prices that Liverpool are prepared to pay uh, and as part of the strategy that, that um, FSG and Edwards and Klopp have that's going to add enough enough quality. And if that player does exist, then, then fantastic, I welcome it. But I just don't want I don't want them to be spending money just for the sake of just for the sake of spending money. No, but we also don't want our our players to get comfortable in their positions. Like we do need to challenge for places, and I'm not sure across the front three we have that. But then again, like they are so good, and they're probably motivated enough that they don't need someone breathing down their neck for their place. Like, yeah, I, I think, mean, th- I think we're fine in in the short of it. I mean, we probably are, but I guess it, it, it's one of those things where it would have been a nice to have with, especially with Timo Werner, that sort of that quality of player to come mm. in and challenge um, the front three, uh, and also just because I think this this season is going to be the most congested season in, in living memory, just the way that all the fixtures have been shunted together, it's going to be basically a two or a two or three um, game. Uh, week for pretty much the entirety of the season. I mean, there's no club World Cup for Liverpool this season, but there will be, you know, FA Cup, League Cup, Champions League, and League to to be fighting for. Uh, so just to have that option of extra rotation would be good. Yeah. Uh, but again, I don't want to be seeing, you know, sort of Andy Carroll style panic buys <laughs> no, <laughs> towards please, uh, please no. the start of October. Um, but no, actually, I, on, sorry, on the. Going back to the Arsenal game, I noticed we played a four-two-three-one mm. for the last half an hour, which I don't think we did at all last season, or if we did, it was very rarely. Um, so it's interesting he's gone back to that. So maybe we do need to look at strengthening our four positions if we're going to be playing four of them, unless <laughs> unless you think uh, Brewster is ready to start a few more games. Yeah, I kind of thought he was, and I still would like to see that happen. I just hope now that uh, after that penalty miss, that if he doesn't get uh, loaned out and then sort of get a complex about it, that being his sort of his his only notable thing that he's done in a Liverpool shirt, you know, because that can sort of be a real confidence killer. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see him get more more time on the pitch to to prove himself. Um, but I, yeah. I think he will. I think the fact that Klopp brought him on just to take the penalty shows that he's got faith in him, and then mm-hmm. all the support afterwards was incredible to see. Like, yeah. why are we not getting that for all our players? Like Wijnaldum, for example. <laughs> yeah, who've, who've actually been there for, you know, like four years and, and won yeah. loads of trophies yeah. and been Stupid. critical to the... Anyway, yeah, so in short, we're not going to be uh, making pictures of John Henry with little red X's on them to post on Twitter <laughs> after this. Well, well, we won't, but we'll see. <laughs> okay, uh, so I think pretty much that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you uh, so much for listening. If you can and want to, please drop us a, a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, and you can also leave us a question there for next week if you want to, or hit us up on on Twitter, and that would be very much appreciated. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Check out the other podcasts on the Ninety Min Network, and we'll be back again next Tuesday when we will be previewing the first game of the Premier League season. Exciting so stuff! So excited! Oh, and it's Leeds as well. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be tough, actually. It's going to be a tough one. I know the first five. Well, we'll talk about this next week, but uh, yeah, the first it. five games are looking looking tasty. <laughs> anyway, we'll be uh, we'll be back again next week, and until then, see you later.